0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. I am super excited to be back with my next episode of Rewarding Conversations, as I am joined by Higgin, uh, who is a choreographer um, and also has the podcast Mind Culture Podcast. So I'm going to put all the links in the description, so I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, But I came across your, your channel just through the I don't know, the algorithms of Instagram. Uh, so I, I liked your content. I thought it was really interesting. I reached out to you and you graciously said, yeah, I'll join you. Um, so thank you for joining. I appreciate it.
1: It is my biggest pleasure. Like we are trying, like I, the gods of Instagram on our si- are on our site if you, you know, <laughs> if you found us. Because, you know, we just, we just have something small at the
0: moment, but our ambitions are very big. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that I found you as well. Um, I was searching for, you know, I, I try to have people on from all different walks of life that, that come from different backgrounds and do different things, um, both in the, in the States um, and also internationally as well. So uh, where, where are you currently located? Uh,
1: so we are primarily located in Austria. Uh, I'm kind of in between Netherlands and Austria, but our podcast activities are mostly taking part in Austria. Like we, what we do on the podcast is we interview guests from the wide field of performing arts. So both, you know, performance, contemporary dance, but also street dance and uh, all sorts of, uh, also more queer arts and you know, progressive, more traditional arts. So we have all kinds of mixes of people that represent performing arts scene. And our guests are mostly based in Austria, but
0: most of them are actually international anyway. So that's what we have. I love that. Um, Now, you are a choreographer, so I'm guessing that's, you know, where the interest in the performing arts and things like that comes from. So let's talk a little bit about that. How long have you been a choreographer for, and what do you typically do choreography for?
1: Yes, uh, choreography for life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always was passionate about learning movement, and of course, I went like a in my high school times in like a quite traditional way, you know, getting better and all this, you know, school subjects and so on. But besides I always, I always practiced dancing at the time it was ballet dancing. And then once I was 18, I I decided like, now it's, now it's time dreams or nothing. So I went to study contemporary dance and uh, some, some years after I realized that actually, I don't want to be just a dancer. I want to be a choreographer, and I have been doing choreography, contemporary dance choreography, for like last, I think, eight years or something like this.
0: No, I was just gonna say. So, do you do you work with shows or like what what type of performance do you typically work with? You know, when you're doing and teaching and training choreography.
1: So what we do uh, is mostly, you know, you could classify it as avant-garde dance. So it's something like, uh, contemporary dance, but in the European understanding of contemporary dance. So it's not, has nothing to do with TV shows. It's more things that you can experience in theaters, maybe sometimes more fringe theaters. And it's usually like the 30 minutes is the longest and like an around hour is the, sorry, 30 minutes is the shortest around hour is the, the longest it can go in my case.
0: Okay. So what is it about teaching that you love so much? You know, you're, you're helping people and you're teaching and mm-hmm. things like that. What is it about that that you get the most amount of joy and excitement about?
1: So choreographic practice maybe is uh, it's always about developing ideas. So you you have to, like at least the way I approach is like I constantly improve myself by learning different styles of dance and by learning, uh, you know, a bet like figuring out better ways of doing the things that you maybe already know. So part of the thing is like, as I said, like I'm educated in contemporary dance, but I actually also have been practicing break dance for the last eight years as well. Breakdance, dance, so, that's cool. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I hope I hope both of these things are cool. Once once you combine them, they're you know they become something new, something special. So like, I'm trying to integrate those things and you just made a segue into teaching. So teaching is, yes, it's something that I do as well. And yes, I teach at the universities. Like I teach mostly floor work and and,
0: and partnering. Oh, okay. So you teach at uh, a university.
1: Yeah, like several universities, but it's more like freelance based. So everything I do is freelancing. So it's like, you know, it can be six weeks teaching here can be a lot of nothing. But mostly, like, I live from organizing and creating art projects. So, uh, you know, structuring all the funding and getting the money, eventually organizing people and, in the end, working on a piece, mostly, like, on a work.
0: Now, do you have your own company?
1: Yes. Uh, Body Architects, we are just a very loosely associated team of people but we have like two shows that are touring a lot um by contemporary dance standards i would say so you can check it out on bodyarchitects.eu if you're interested
0: to see what we do now do you ever do any work internationally or in other countries or is it primarily just in austria
1: I would say it's primarily outside of Austria. Like uh, Oh as outside much as of I, Austria. <laughs> yeah. As much as I love, you know, being in Austria. It's uh, I think in Europe it's quite flexible to be an artist and there are all these there are often those opportunities where you can have like an artistic residency, often art, paid artistic residency to to develop a research or to work on some kind of towards a, a performance in some other place and I had a pleasure to, you know, take part in many of those programs because like, to be honest, I'm a bit a freak of writing applications. So I can be writing like around 50 applications a year or hundred, wow. 50 to hundred. It's really like, <laughs> it's not something I love to do, but I know, you know, if you write, if you write a hundred applications, like three of them is going to work out. So yeah, uh, that's...
0: <laughs> That's it's a lot, math. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I feel like that's the math with most things. Like if you do a whole bunch, only a couple things are gonna, are gonna yeah. work out. Um, so you you work a lot with a lot of different kinds of people and everything like that. Do you do you primarily work with people that are more experienced and higher level? Do you work with people that are more beginners, or do you work with both? Uh, I think I would rather you know.
1: Of course, when I was at the university, I would work with my fellow, uh, you know, students. But, like, now as time goes by, you know, you have to reach for the stars. So you have to, uh, like, at least the, the, the kind of work, like, I, I love the virtuosity of it. Like, you don't have to be, like, the most virtuosity kind of dancer. But I think, uh, like, we have to connect on some level of shared aesthetics and so on. And, and yeah, in the end, like, I love to see, to, to see what the body can do. So like to, to push the body to its limits. And, and I think not a lot of people can do that, but
0: those, the, those are the kind of people that I would look for. Yeah. So I imagine, I know somebody who does a lot of dancing, professional dancing, things like that, and they've dealt with a lot of injuries throughout their career. Have yeah. Is that something <laughs> that you've had to deal with a lot? Because I imagine doing all that different type of dancing and performing and choreography, it's really stressful in the body.
1: I can only tell you that it, it depends from a person to person. Like I was never made for dancing. I think it has to do with like you know i used to be overweight as a as a child so i didn't really move as a child so like all the mm-hmm. movement patterns that i learned they were like later in life like too late so in the end like i had a lot of wrong patterns and and i used to have like over my whole dance education in poland and then like after during my studies i used to have a lot of knee problems but they those they were not like You'd normal person would see this as an injury because you have a pain in the knee and you cannot walk and it's really horrible. But they often had to do with like a wrong alignment in the body, like a wrong way of, of placing a f- step, you know, a wrong way of, uh, I don't know, bending your knees. And there are like things that you could fix. Exactly. So things that yeah. you don't have to fix with surgery or, or some kind of special treatment, but things that you can just fix by relearning the way your body works. And there has been like in this, in this way I have been working for a very long time since I always had those injuries. And I have to say, since I, I don't know, for the last eight years, I think
0: I'm pretty much fine. So That's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about the podcast. Uh, how long ago did you start the podcast?
1: So podcast is, uh, look, I always wanted to do radio. Like that's been my dream Mm -hmm. as a kid. Like I, I love to listen to the radio. And of course never had time, you know, it's I had my passion in dance and I still have my passion in dance, but now because, you know, because of COVID, (laughs) because of not having (laughs) opportunities to do anything else, I felt like, oh, fuck it. Let's, let's just try (laughs) something else. And uh, yeah, we were lucky to, like the Austrian, the Viennese uh, government has been supportive with a little money to, to do your own initiative during the, the first lockdown of COVID that we had, in summer. And I decided, okay, I will try to push this idea of a podcast. And I slowly have been developing it since. And at the moment, like it's been a for me. Like, it's always been a journey, like, how can I, as a choreographer, as a maker myself, how can I learn from people who are more experienced than me? Or, like, coming from a different perspective as me? Like, it's a great way to, you know, inform your own practice by their practice. So, like, I've been using it very egoistically to, you know, get better at what I'm doing by just learning yeah. their perspective. And there are people that I never would imagine to have a chance to talk too, but because of we have this podcast, like I've been able to talk with Willy Dorner or Chris Haring or Florentina Holzinger, very famous people. But yes, I had them on the podcast. I mean, very famous for the contemporary dance scene, you know, art scene.
0: Yeah. No, that's I mean, that's my people have asked me what has been my favorite thing of doing this podcast. And I've just said it's the people that I get to meet. I get to meet mm-hmm. people that work in different fields and that I get to learn from and come from all over the world and different backgrounds and ages, like younger people, older people. And it's just the people. It's the incredible yeah. people that you get to meet. And I agree with you. I never thought that I would get to meet the people that I have. And because I do this podcast... You know, I I'm here getting to talk to you, and what you do is very interesting to me. You know, choreography and dance, and having a pot like you, you do a lot of different things and juggle a lot of different things. So, when it comes to your guests, um, you know, how did you want to approach that? You know, when you're first looking at your first kind of guests to have on, who did you want to have on? Who you know, how did you reach out to people? Uh,
1: how do I reach out to people? Like we have a list. Like there's uh, there are people that I. Uh, like, I first I was doing it alone, but then luckily we finally had a little bit more funding to do it with a, with a friend of mine who is also in the association. And now we have a list of people. So, like, we there are people that we find very interesting and the people that we find their knowledge, their presence is valuable. Like, there are people that we admire, basically. And then we try to reach them. And sometimes we, may, we fail... And sometimes we manage, but mostly we manage because it's contemporary dance is so kind of small and, and it's, it's very, you know, it's very niche thing to do. So we can, we kind of manage, especially in Vienna, but my dream is to, to go a little bit more international, but then again, you know, it, it has to do with, with, with funding and my general goal is like if we manage to get monetization going one day in on youtube because we are primarily on youtube then i hope this will allow us to create to have also trips you know where we can go to another country and record there but that's the that's future awesome. thing.
0: yeah that's the future i always ask about what future yeah. goals are so that's good to know um, and when you do have guests on for my listeners what you know what are your, typically your topics of conversation what do you talk about is it like their experiences in the world of performing arts and things like that
1: so we have generally interest like the the general goal of the podcast is making the art more accessible so mm-hmm. learning the behind the scenes of those artists that those those artists whose work you're going to see on stage, but you don't know exactly what they're thinking, you don't know exactly how they're working, so we try to uncover this a little bit. And from another perspective, we also try to ask them and discuss with them how can we make the art, the beautiful art that we are doing, more accessible to more people. So how can we in- increase the numbers? How can we make reach more audience? How can we create more impactful art, which sounds a bit pompous, but I hope uh, you you don't, you don't, it's not as boring as I say, but you know, if, if it's, we, if it's a person that has some special lived experience, we also ask about that. So we have, for example, recently we had like B-Boy Volfer and we talked, we talked breakdance. We talked breakdance for like the whole hour. Awesome. now what
0: is your what is your personal favorite type of dance or performance choreography like what is your favorite thing to um to work with and perform uh, you know I'm not
1: a break dancer like originally I love break yeah. dance I love to do break dance I love to practice break dance but to perform I think contemporary dance is the type of dance the type of art that gives you like the most freedom like of what you can do and you can be vulnerable on stage and you can be really uncovering layers of your personality that normally you wouldn't uncover so that's why I fell in love with this and that's why for example breakdance in breakdance performing in breakdance is very aggressive and very like show offy and it's something else it's nice to practice a great community vibe i love it for this I love contemporary dance for you know
0: the the freedom. Yeah, so you get kind of that both structure and freedom at the same time. Well, I think you need both. I think yeah. People that are normally
1: like in Europe, I'm only talking Europe. I have I know that in in the states the perspective is completely different, but in Europe the contemporary dancers they tend to be less working on their own more working in the framework of the companies and so on and if they don't have the framework they don't have like very specific movement uh, practice whereas like anything that you can add to it like yoga or martial arts or break dance or any other style it improves your own practice so you you got to you got to have something to practice you got to have something otherwise you don't develop and you become lazy
0: and we don't want that right (laughs) well um so so you have your you have your hopes with you know choreography and dance and then you have your podcast um you know is there one that you plan on focusing on more in the future do you want to kind of go towards the podcasting more um you know do you think you want to do choreography more when things are a little bit more opened up or do you want to be able to continue to do both of them
1: I wanna do both. I wanna do choreography for sure, like that's my number one thing. But once choreography finishes, or like I become a little bit more bored with it, like I probably smoothly transition to another form of expression. And podcasting, I see something more like a hobby. You know, once we have like yeah. thousands of thousands of subscribers, yes, sure. Then yes,
0: but until <laughs> then,
1: you know, I can't rely on something that you know such a fringe
0: thing. To Absolutely. Do. Yeah, absolutely. No, I felt the same way. It was, it just started as kind of a hobby for yeah. me, and now it's transitioned into like what I do. So I, really? I definitely understand that. Can I ask you yeah, some questions? Yeah. Because yeah, you can ask of, me anything you like.
1: Part of my interest is, uh, yeah, how do you create reach, and how do you, you know, um, how do you attract more people to to your platforms? And I, yeah. I saw, I saw a little bit that. You have something very special going about you, which is you have like more than ten thousand subscribers on instagram how did you how did you even yeah start? i'm
0: <laughs> I think i'm I think I'm at almost thirty thousand now, which wow. is cool um but no for me uh it it's it almost kind of happened by accident you know I just wanted to do this and I originally started on YouTube but I didn't want to do. Uh, the video part anymore because it was just so much work, and I didn't feel like I was getting okay. enough. And and YouTube was going great. I had a good, I had a nice following on YouTube, but I realized that what I really cared about was the audio, and the real conversation because people would come on and they'd be worried about what they look like and how how they looked on cameras, so, and I just wanted to get rid of all of that, um, you know. And and so I kind of transitioned just to a podcast. And I was lucky enough that early on, I had people with a very, very large following give me kind of shout outs and say, hey, mm-hmm. check out this podcast. Um, you know, the a person who actually just did my first two-timers club, my first coming back, like I had the one in the very beginning and they just came mm-hmm. back. Um, you know, he is very, very successful on um, – you know he has over 70 million views on YouTube. Oh
1: my god. Um, so
0: he he came on my podcast in the very beginning. He's given yeah. me shout-outs throughout. Um I've gotten shout-outs from people that have over a million followers, 500,000 followers like hey go check out, you know. And that really helped. You know, when you get those I wake up the next day and I have 5,000 more followers and I was like what happened? What what just happened? Um you know, so I've been very lucky and because my podcast I don't think is Focused in one particular area, I think that's mm-hmm. both a good and a bad thing. Typically, if you want to grow, everybody says have your have your one thing you focus on. But for me, I have people on from all different walks of life and all different mm-hmm. backgrounds, and um, I think that's been helpful because it's brought in all different types of audiences to me—not just one kind, but all different types from different areas and. I don't know. I've just been lucky. I primarily reach out to people through Instagram, just like I did with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I research different topics on Instagram. I research things I'm interested in, things I wish I knew more information about, people who I think I you know have a story to tell. And I just find people on Instagram and I go through their pages. And if I like what I see, I reach out to them. So it, it seems a little silly. Like, hey, I just look up people and reach out to them. But that's what's worked for me. Yeah, I think...
1: Uh... Curiosity is, is a big virtue to have, you yeah. Know? And I think yeah. if you if you're not afraid to just write to some random people that you don't know, I think you're gonna go far.
0: Yeah, that, I mean that's me. I'm not I'm not afraid to reach out to people, and you know, a lot of people say thanks, but no thanks. A lot of people don't even respond back to me. Oh, yeah. But I've had people really really amazing people who do incredible things. You know, reach out to me, and when I say that, I don't just mean famous people or mm-hmm. You know, all that. I mean, incredible people who do everyday jobs or, or stay at home parents are, you know, or out of work because of the pandemic and they have a different story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I have been lucky enough to have really incredible guests on. I have such incredible guests coming up for the future mm-hmm. that I'm so, so excited to talk about. And, you know, I get to meet people like you from other countries that work mm-hmm. in a world that I've never worked in that I don't know anything about. And to Man, me, that's really check interesting. Out-
1: you got to check out because, you know, you, you you can, it's not always great. Like with everything, like there's going to be a lot of things yeah. that you'll be like, oh, what is this? What am I watching? But the, you're going to see this one thing and you're going to be like, wow, this is amazing. And yeah. I think, you know, it's like art has something like nature to it. You know, like you sometimes go to nature, you think, oh, this is. The most amazing experience i ever had because you see you look at down from the to the valley from a mountain and it's just like yeah beautiful amazing breathtaking and art sometimes sometimes not always has a ability to do that as well so i think it's really good to be curious about all kinds of art
0: yeah i agree completely i i agree completely um this this has been really cool I appreciate you coming on. Um, It was neat to kind of learn about your world and what you do. Um, I will definitely keep checking in on your podcast and your page. I'll put the links in description below. Um, For my listeners out there, it's Mind Culture Pod. That is the name of the Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, And through there, you can get to all the other additional information, everything. But I'll put everything in the description. Uh, Thank you so much for joining and coming on, sharing your thoughts, sharing your story. Really, really interesting. And I'd love to talk with you again in the future, see what you're up to, and see what's going on.
1: Yes, I'm curious about your development because it's interesting. And I think you have, yeah.
0: as I said, you have the voice. So you got it. Oh, thank you. You're very kind. Well, um speaking of the voice, I want to hear your voice on a few different things. Do you want to do my five question Q&A? Please. All right. Awesome. What is your favorite late night snack? I, I hear the time ticking right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can I say something controversial?
0: Uh, Absolutely. A grapefruit? <laughs> That's... <laughs> i've never gotten that answer before but i love it i love a grapefruit (laughs) that's great
1: if i eat something Um, overnight you know i normally wouldn't eat something overnight like but if i if i really crave something i think that
0: i like that um what is your dream vacation
1: um capo verde i think either capo verde or madagascar like i'm dreaming of the locations
0: very nice what is something that makes you sad
1: Hard question because really a lot of things, but at the same time, like you know, you learn, like especially in the profession that I have, which is you know trying to 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 survive as a creative, as a creative in contemporary dance, which is like super niche. What makes me sad uh, is sometimes the amount of energy that I put in into the into things that don't make sense or into things that don't come with any kind of result, and sometimes. I wonder like, okay, what am I doing with my life? But that's just a little sadness because in the end you, you learn to become like more zen and more, I would say stoic about it. So what is something that makes you happy? A lot of things. Like from simple things like training to meeting people to going to other places to seeing, mostly meeting people, I'd say. Like meeting people in other places and like, you know, experiencing
0: things basically. And what is some advice that you would give your younger self? <laughs> I really hear the clock ticking right now. <laughs> no clock, no clock. <laughs> All really this can be edited. To. I really want All to this give can be edited.
1: Proper answer. It's just uh I think be a little bit more strategic like I wish I wish I was putting work where it really mattered and uh, actually going step by step because sometimes or often I would want to jump steps and this idea of jumping steps, it it can sometimes take you like two steps back. It's really some things they need to be like, sometimes you need to accept like you're on this level or not that level. Even if you're good enough to be on the level further, you still have to accept that the society works in this way and you somehow has to obey. You have to obey sometimes that, this step-by-step ladder there is.
0: Yeah, I like that. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for answering my questions. Uh, It's been a pleasure meeting you and talking with you. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you and seeing what you have going on in the future. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And good freaking luck to your work. (laughs) You as well. For everybody out there listening, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returner, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.